Alex, welcome back. This is... Oh, thank you. This is week two <laughs> of the fantasy football playoffs. We are the fantasy football sackos, Alex and Jason. Back in the house. Alex, I got 99 points. In our problems. And I only had a 96. And our head to head matchup. And I uh, came away came away with the W. Uh, so I'm moving on to the second round. And you could say I, I have 99 problems, but an Alex Krogue ain't one. Hmm. <clears throat> Hit me. Um, I did. Honestly, so if, if anybody listened to the straight up reverse jinx that I tried to put on Jason last week, it honestly worked. Um, although yeah. I, th- I think the reverse jinx worked on... Uh, every single NFL player that played this weekend because it was the lowest scoring week that I can remember in NFL history. I believe that it was the fewest amount of, of touchdowns that's been scored in an NFL week for a long, long time. Yeah. Uh, so if, if, if you're expecting a sad Alex today, uh, you're not going to get it. I went four of five this week uh, from a playoff perspective. The only loss was the Jason by under four points. I started Tyler Huntley because Lamar couldn't play. God, you would have put up 60 points without him. (laughs) It's true. It's true, man. And ultimately, Amari Cooper has just screwed me. And we were so high on him before the season. I couldn't get away from him, even in a plus mashup against the Giants. And that that cost me in our league and there was nothing I could do about it. I, I just I just couldn't get away. And for those of you that are still alive, like congratulations! I'm sure you were in a low scoring slugfest. Yeah, because I I mean I was sending I came back in a low scoring league. My a team has scored 140, average 140 this year, and this would have been the first week I didn't break 100. And, and Cooper Cup and Dallas Goddard saved me tonight uh, to to come back in a league. Russell Wilson. Uh, didn't do anything in another league against an opponent. He had Miles Sanders, who put up like his best week of the year that I'm sweating out watching no the Washington like the game. Just like, are you serious? I'm going to go down to an Eagles running back finally. No like, this like would the be present. the worst. Yeah, this would be the worst thing ever. So, hey, congrats on getting through it. There's a couple guys we need to talk about from a waivers perspective. There's no reason why your waiver should process tomorrow with games tonight. I was trying to look up if Yahoo's processing or not. I know ESPN pushed it back a day till Thursday. Right. Um, but I, I honestly could not find anything on Yahoo. Um, so it, they better push it back. I'm pretty sure they did last year. Yes, they did. Before we get into these uh, waiver ads and everything else, why don't we roll the intro? Oh, I thought you were going to talk more crap. Thank you for not doing so. Welcome to the Fantasy Football Sackos Podcast with your hosts, Jason Shellcross and Alex Krobe. Let's go! Fantasy Football Sackos. Jason and Alex back again for another episode of that Fantasy Football Sacko goodness. Uh, we are moving on to round two of the playoffs. And what an up and down first round it was um some guys that haven't done anything in a while seemed to pop off and basically anybody that got you to the playoffs probably more than likely underwhelmed um it's an interesting week too uh coming up in terms of dealing with covid oh Um, man we gotta say the c word we i've been avoiding the c word for a while 
but here we are. Can we, before we get into these waiver ads, can we just we talk might, about... We might have to say, uh, see you next Tuesday to football if yeah. uh, they're going to keep delaying games again, right? Seward, right? <laughs> That's good. Um, Thank you. But can we just talk about maybe what commissioners or people in league should do or consider doing to provide a little bit, a little bit of flexibility for COVID? Uh, I know the league that you and I are in, basically the top four teams today, uh, there was a text thread about whether or not we should just split the winnings, call it even, play out the games, but just split the winnings now um, because of the mess that is becoming week two of the fantasy playoffs. Um, So the group did not make a decision to the team said no. Uh, one said yes to splitting, and I was—I I did not need to voice in because two said no. But do you yeah, feel like so, people should so split? Here, yeah, so we're we're recording this eleven Eastern, ten Central Tuesday night. Uh, Travis Kelsey is on the COVID list. Jerry Goff, Joey Joey Bosa, Tyreek Hill, Chris Godwin got hurt. Leonard Fournette got hurt, which shouldn't really impact things, but it will because chances are. Well, if you if you survive this week, like those are people that are on teams that, that you're getting to. Uh, Tyler Higby should be coming back. Um, like it's uh, Cole Beasley got placed on there. Theoretically, Lockett and Alex Collins will be back next week. Who knows, man? I it sucks, right? It's it's the worst case scenario that we talked about preseason. Where what do you do if you get to the spot and all of a sudden Kansas City has an outbreak? Literally, we could go back and and put this into the podcast. I'm not asking you to do it, but literally it was a COVID podcast that we had at the beginning. What happens when Kansas City goes down and you lose Tyreek and Kelsey and Mahomes test positive and you have a team with Kelsey and Mahomes or Kelsey and Tyreek? We have a team with Mahomes and Tyreek. Yeah, and... He's in big trouble and somebody else is coming off the 41 point week Kelsey week where, you know, if he tests negative twice, he can get back in. I don't know what you do, man. I I think you have to have all four teams that are left agree to splitting it. Um, they won't. I don't though. think it. I, I don't disagree. Yeah, I, I don't think it's a I don't think it's a bad idea to do it or at least offer it up because. Again, this is Tuesday night we're recording this. We have no idea what's going to happen by Thursday night football, Saturday night football on on Christmas, Sunday or Monday or anything like that. We have no idea what's going to happen. And you've seen the rash of testing positives in the NHL, in the NBA, in the NFL. It's going nuts. Our office just closed down for the rest of the year. Really? Um. Yeah, they, they're not letting people in. So everybody's work from home for the rest of the rest of the year. Um, it, it's going bananas. So like, obviously, we want everybody to be as safe and healthy as possible during this. And we're talking about fancy football, which inherently is not as important as the health and livelihoods of a lot of people. But there's a lot of money going into these leagues that we're talking about that people have been paying attention to for the last uh, five, six months. And here we are, you're kind of at a crossroads of, hey, you have Travis Kelsey. 
he's out. You have Tyreek Hill, he's out. We have no idea the names that are going to come out this week. And I don't blame teams that are still alive for offering it up and saying, let's split this four ways. Or if somebody's getting crushed with COVID, like it's, hey, we use the F word a lot on this podcast, right? The word fair. You just want things to be as fair as possible. And it's really hard to be fair in, in these circumstances. Yeah. So I was the one to broach it with our group, our final four, if you will. And, um, you know, the team that has Mahomes and Tyreek said, yes, I'm all about splitting it. This is ridiculous. Of course he is. Yeah. The team going against that team, the one C that was on a bye, has dealt with COVID on and off throughout the season uh, with Chubb and other players, uh, but is fully healthy right now and will absolutely steamroll this team if they don't have uh, Tyreek and if Mahomes is shorthanded without his weapons um, or if, God forbid, Mahomes tests positive later in the week, um, which could happen. Uh, we'll just be, we'll absolutely run them over. He is, has no interest in splitting, you know, deservedly so. Um, yeah, and I, I don't blame him for that. My team, the team I'm going against has Kelsey, who just absolutely went off. If he's unable to test positive or feeling effects from COVID or slowed down or whatever, puts out, goes out and puts out a crappy week. That's going to screw that team over. Um, but that team, interestingly enough, has no interest in splitting because it goes against the spirit of fantasy football, quote unquote. And the fantasy gods would uh, didn't would never have dreamed of ever splitting at, regardless of the situation. So. Per that's, him. that's not true, because I feel like 20 to 30 percent of leagues when they get to the final split the money. But that's a different topic. <laughs> <laughs> but I threw it out there because I, I thought he would take it for sure. And if, if the two teams that were affected wanted to, then I would have I felt like I would have been selfish to say, no, I would like to play and, yeah. and continue and not split. Um, But if he's against it, that's two. I'm even if I voted for it, I would be a split vote. So if he wants to run the risk, I think I'm just going to let it ride and we're going to play out at least this round. And then see how COVID goes next week. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think it's worth at least involving because, hey, let's be honest, if somebody's commissioning a league, they're probably eliminated by now. Um, so it's at least bringing them, bring the commissioner in the conversation and be like, hey, if this if this goes crazy or games get pushed to Tuesday uh, again or or even Monday or whatever is going to happen, just Invoke those contingency plans as soon as possible. I think it's fair to split it between the four people personally. Um, and if people are against it, I, I I think everybody has to be on board in order to split it. If somebody says no, I you just won't get everybody because everybody's not going to be affected. No, yeah, but they could they could be by Sunday, which which complicates things at least a little bit because there's a game on Thursday. So like, they, like half the roster could be out by the time Sunday comes around and a game's already been played or by Saturday. You, you literally have no idea what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. 
Now, the NFL got every game in this week. Theoretically, they're going to get every game in next week. The best solution that we found for anything like this is, hey, um, hey, my starting lineup is my starting lineup. I have Travis Kelsey. I'm putting him in. I'm, I'm playing him. If he's out, I have a backup tight end that I want you to put in if Travis Kelsey's out with COVID. And that's, that's how we've dealt with it. We found it to be successful. It's the easiest way to do it. Um, Odell Beckham last week would have been a prime example of, hey, come Thursday, he wasn't playing. They moved the game back to Tuesday. Um, and somebody was like, well, if, if I would have known that this was the case, I would have started Odell over Mike Williams. Turns out Mike Williams outscored Odell. Um, so he actually lost more points with, with that transaction, but he was just like, Hey, like I didn't think Odell was going to play. So I started Mike Williams. So just start somebody who's on the COVID list and have a contingency plan in place to replace them. If they don't play is, is the best advice I can give to people. And I think it's the most fair, like start your best lineup and put contingency plans in place. If, if that game doesn't happen. Absolutely. With that, let's get into some of these waivers. Um, You know, there were some injuries this week outside of the COVID, and there were some significant ones. Um, Every single one of them was on Tampa Bay, right? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Seems like it. The vast majority, anyway. Um, So, you know, I... I think the pretty unanimous waiver wire ad here, the priority number one is going to be uh, Rojo, Ronald Jones, um, yeah. for the Bucks. Now, if, if you guys have been listening to our podcast, you'd already have them, especially if you were the Fournette manager who probably made the playoffs because you hit on Fournette late, Fournette late in drafts like I did. Yeah. Um, but... I mean, he's one of those guys, even in a bad matchup, he's looking at 10 targets almost. I mean, it's going to be, it's he's going to get fed and then you, you pile on the loss of Chris Godwin. To me, that means more checkdowns to other people and not more wide receiver catches um, by like a Brashad Perriman or Scotty Miller or Mike Evans, if he finds a way to play. Um, I think it means more Gronk passes and more um, running back checkdowns. But the matchup is not a favorable one in round At two. At least the first week. Yeah. So I guess uh, the intent is that Fournette will be placed on injured reserved and declared out for the rest of the season. I guess that I'll preface it with that. So to yep, me, that, that's that is what Adam Schefter has reported. That's going to happen. So I think Ronald Jones becomes the number one waiver wire ad. I would spend every nickel of fab that I have left, if I have any, on Ronald yep. Jones. Uh, the matchup this week with Carolina is not great. Um, they're giving up uh, like either the fewest or they're in the top five fewest fantasy points. Fourth, fourth fewest going into this week against Buffalo. And he, and Singletary actually did okay against them. I was going to say that was going into week 15. Yeah, fourth fewest going into last week. So top five against the run. Not great, but what I would say is this is not a traditional offense when it comes to the running backs uh, position. Fortnite right. was leading the league in targets at running back. Um... So, you know, you really got to be positive because even when the matchup sucked 
he was getting targets to offset how crappy the matchup was. No, I mean, in the Saints game, uh, he had seven targets or seven catches rather before he got hurt. Like it didn't matter. And then Ronald Jones came in and Jones had another couple catches too. So you're looking at five to 10 catches in a bad matchup, which is what I think you're going to see against Carolina plus probably 15 rushing attempts at least. Yeah, and are, and are we sure it's even that bad, right? Because going into this week, uh, the carries against Carolina were 33, 33, and 32. And in those carries, they've given up 164, 108, and 125 on the ground. Yeah. So it's it, it's not... It's, they're not peaking right now no, as a defense. It's, it's just because that defense um, gave up 8.6 points, 5 points, and 10 points to the running back position in four out of the first five weeks. Because they played the Jets, Houston, and Philly. So, right. right. Like, to- totally different team. And, like, it, it's not even Apple. Ronald Jones is a clear number one waiver ad. And he's a guy where we didn't know who was going to be in the backfield. And honestly, I, we've talked about it before. Ronald Jones looks, looked, he looks faster. More right, more explosive than Fournette does. Oh yeah, and and they were like Fournette's the better player, he's the better pedigree, all of that stuff. But it's not like Forn or it's not like Ronald Jones is a slouch. No, so he is. Uh, I don't know a top end running back two at worst, and Gio Bernard's hurt, so it's not like they're gonna be taking Ronald Jones off the field in in third down situations. Ronald Jones has shown that he can catch the ball. We're not really worried about Keyshawn Vaughn doing anything, honestly. So they signed Left like, Bell. Yeah, I'm, you can't be concerned about that on a one-week basis. Not we, we've seen the Le'Veon the Bell slightest. experience the last couple of years. Not even the slightest. No, I would have Rojo as a as a high-end RB two if Geo was healthy. With Geo out too, I think he's a three-down back, and I think he's easily a top ten back the rest of the way. And I think he's. If if you get him on waivers and you didn't have him because you had Fournette, if he's like an extra piece that you somehow find your way into having in the semis, I mean, I think it's pretty much congrats oh. on the championship <laughs> at that point. Like that's that's silly yeah. if you can add yeah. a player like Rojo in the semis. So uh, I think his ESPN projection and, of and twelve and a half points in half PPR is abysmal. Like it's going to be twenties easy. That's low. Yeah. yeah, I mean, based on the way that Fournette's performed this year and the way that Brady uses his running backs, yeah. yes. Especially with the fact that you're factoring Godwin being out. Yeah. Uh, like, and and maybe Mike Evans being out. Mm-hmm. But here, all of a sudden, here comes Antonio Brown as the savior of the Bucks. Who, yeah. Like, if you have, it's changing subjects at least a little bit, but I mean, Antonio Brown is basically a wide receiver one the rest of the season. Uh, yeah, <laughs> it's like, oh boy. So it's, it's really, it's really crazy how things change in a week. Yeah. Let's, uh, let's move on from Ronald Jones and you already alluded to it. Uh, but let's talk about the rest of these receivers, uh, for the bucks. So Godwin has an ACL and it sucks for Godwin because it's so late in the season now. Can I can he, can I complain real quick? Everybody has an ACL. He just has a torn ACL. I hate how people say that. Oh, they have an ankle. 
Well, everybody has two of them. I, I don't know when that, I feel like Jim Nance did that like 10 years ago and it's just annoyed the living crap out of me where they're like, oh, he has an ACL. Well, I like, like getting on your nerves. He has a torn ACL or he has an ACL injury. Like really, we don't have enough words in the English language to describe what happened. We're just going to shorten it even more for no reason. Sorry, not taking a shot at you. Just general vernacular. No, instead, I'd rather drone on and on about how much you hate it instead of just saying, hey, that bugs me. So, hey, I just wanted you to get a drink of water. in. <laughs> but to that end, how much does this suck for that Godwin? Me. Thank you. Uh, but to that end, how much does that suck for Godwin? It looks like now he won't be able to come back until September, October of next year. So where you draft him is going to suck because AB is on a one year and done deal without AB Godwin was a top 10 receiver, like easy book it. So injury discount though, he's going to be an injury discount because you're not going to have him the first month of the season. Uh, Two months, maybe he could start on the pop and come back. We go to the jets. Like you just you just hope he doesn't go have Zach Wilson throwing footballs all the time. Um, more more to come. We don't know where he's going to end up. It wouldn't be surprised to see him go back to Tampa Bay on a cheap deal, just because Tom Brady talks players into doing that, and they just run it back for a three peat. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Godwin's on a one year deal. He's a UFL. Oh my God. Never mind. Yeah. And they don't have AB. Maybe, but. Tom Brady will be like, just bring him back. He's good at football. And True. they will. True. Uh, Mike Evans is under contract for a while. Yeah, forever and always. And he's got 100 yards to get to hit that 1,000-yard number. We don't know if Mike Evans is playing with that hamstring injury. Um, I, you have Mike Evans. You are terrified about trying to play Mike Evans next week. Uh, the thing that I hate about soft tissue injuries, especially hamstrings, they are so easy to tweak. And if they do get tweaked, then that player is usually taken out for the rest of the game. One, two. And it can happen the first play off the line of scrimmage, done, zero targets, nothing. Yes, correct. Um, two. If you're looking at the NFC, I mean. The Packers have the one seed on lockdown. They're right in. Yeah, but the Bucks are right in the thick of it. I mean, there's four teams at 10 and four. You got the Rams, Cardinals, Bucks, and Cowboys all at 10 and four. So I don't think the Bucks are going to be letting off the gas trying to get that one seed. No, and that's why we like Ronald Jones. Um, the biggest hindrance to Mike Evans is going to be Antonio Brown coming back, right? I mean, Godwin he's just going to fulfill the, the Godwin role. Yeah, but I think he's better than Godwin. <laughs> I mean, is it possible? I mean, Godwin's a top ten receiver. Yeah, no, it that that whole offense is is going to be tough to figure out. Um, but I guess. Start. Start start your studs if they're playing. It's gonna be really hard to get away from Mike Evans if he's playing. That's okay. I I guess I I wanna I guess address the actual question itself. Mike Evans next week. Carolina is fourth against or was fourth against receivers going into this week. 
Atlanta receivers put up a whopping five for 71 against Carolina yeah, Gabe, in week 14. Gabriel Davis had two receiving touchdowns. Diggs had a receiving touchdowns. That's Josh Allen, but it's not like Tom Brady's bad. Yeah, I agree. Um, I don't know. I really want to sit Mike Evans because I really don't want to deal with the tweak. And then he's done. Yeah. And and you still have Gronk sitting out there, so maybe they just have Mike Evans trot out there as a decoy for 50 plays and just, you know, jogs up the side, taking a taking a cornerback away, and you let Brown and Brown and Gronk and uh Ronnie destroy him. Like I it's it's hard to know. And it's a divisional matchup. Yeah, and I also think it depends on what the rest of your roster looks like, right? Like I say that I would consider sitting Mike Evans. I do have T Higgins, Michael Pittman, Jarvis Landry sitting out there that I feel like are all competent number one receivers on their respective teams. Sure. And potentially even have better matchups without the hammy. So why deal with it? Yeah, really hard to take a top 10 wide receiver out, but it's easier to replace a top 10 wide receiver with a wide receiver two at worst the, the whole year, right? Where you're, Hey, I'd rather lock in a wide receiver two week than deal with any injury where their high end is a wide receiver one, but their low end is zero in a in a in a playoff matchup. In a playoff matchup where you need points and he finished against New Orleans with one catch for 14 yards. Yeah. So I think I'm probably gonna sit Mike Evans. I I think that's prudent. But, you know, obviously file reports as they come out this week yeah. and try to, you know, if, if he's going full bore in practice and it was just precautionary reasons. It makes sense. Like they, were, they weren't scoring against the Saints. I can't believe that they literally scored zero. Yeah. Um, so. At some point. He needs 100 more yards to break a thousand for the season. He's broken a thousand yards in every season. He went out there on a hamstring injury last year at the at, in week 17 and had like 100 yards to break the 1,000-yard mark while injured. It would not surprise me to see him do the same thing this year. Yep, absolutely. Um, uh, who else can we add? Do, I mean, running back, are we done with the Bucs? Do you want to keep talking about these receivers? Do you want to add... Rashad Perriman, do you want to add Scotty Miller? Do you want to add? No. I don't want to add you any can't. of them. You you can't and play them in a playoff matchup, so it's not even worth talking about, honestly. Right. All right. I agree. Let's move on. Uh, let's stick to running backs then before we transition over to receivers. Devin Singletary played ninety two percent of his of the snaps. <laughs> Welcome back. They finally found the running back that they've always wanted. And it's Devin Singletary, 92% of the snaps against the Panthers, 22 carries, 86 yards and a touchdown. Uh, He also had a catch for 10 yards. So, I mean, 16 plus fantasy points, 15 last week. Um, dominating honestly, the Bills and I snaps. I honestly can't believe that he's rostered in 72% of leagues and he's running back 28. I'm actually shocked that it's even that high. Either one of them, honestly. Yeah, I would uh, I would look and see if Devin Singletary's out there. If he is, I would snatch him up in a hurry. But are you playing him against New England? 
I don't know. Jonathan Taylor did. Well, Not that he was he was struggling until the last player play. We won't get into that. Damn it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> God, it hurts. It still stings. I would pick him up maybe though and look for maybe the week 17 play. Yeah, I guess Atlanta. I think that, that's fine too. I mean, it, he should be grabbed. If he's available, I'd grab him. That's fine. I, I don't think I'd play him. I, I don't trust that offense and Matt Breed will show up or Zach Moss will show up. Or 92% of the snaps. I think he's a flex option this coming week and is a mid uh, top 15 running back in championship week. Mm, maybe. Um, I think I'd pivot more and ask you the question around the 49ers running backs. We've just Jeff Wilson who pops off a 19 point week. Yeah. After. uh, Yeah. Another stinger from you after doing nothing in the couple lead back roles that he's had this year. uh, He had 19 carries against Jacksonville for 50 yards. He had 13 carries against Cincinnati for 50 yards. And then this week he drops 21 carries for 110 yards and a touchdown against Atlanta. Elijah Mitchell's coming back. Trey Sermon got acted act, or designated from return from IR. All of a sudden that backfield might be getting a little crowded. And by the time you throw in a Debo Samuel rushing touchdown, yeah. which is apparently a weekly occurrence at this point. I know you have Elijah Mitchell. I know you have Jeff Wilson Jr. Are you concerned at all about Trey Wilson or Trey Sermon? Should People roster Trey Sermon on the off chance that he replaces Jeff Wilson's work and Elijah Mitchell things that knee again. It appears he's fine from the concussion. They had more concerns about the knee injury. Against a top three rushing defense like Tennessee. Uh, I will be shocked. Stingy, man. They they shut down Najee real good this week. And yeah, and it's also the Thursday game. Mm-hmm. I, I also I kind of have this weird thing also where I understand the start your studs thing and I by and large follow that but I also hate having Match a ups. bunch of players on the Thursday night game one because the scoring always sucks yep. one and two then there you like lose a slot for the rest of the weekend and you could potentially have a shit score sitting in it and for me it would be my flex Although but. you should never start him at flex. I'd have to start him at running back, and I don't want to do that. I'm, but hold on, just 20-second timeout. With COVID going crazy, are you better starting players that you know are going to be healthy on Thursday night and not have to worry about them not being able to play on the back end? So, like, if Elijah Mitchell's active, how do you not start him? Okay, I guess is I guess is what I'm saying because you don't know who's not going to play down the line. Fair, like right now I have or or back back to what we talked about initially and be like, hey, I have. Uh, that's what I was going to walk through. If if not I have Harris Jarvis play Landry due to COVID, I want to start Elijah Mitchell, sort of thing. I have Jarvis Landry currently in my flex. Jarvis Landry missed last week with COVID. Is currently out with COVID. I would like to, I think, at this point in time, start Jarvis Landry uh, at my flex and however designate should he potentially miss, then I will probably end up designating either Elijah Mitchell or Mike Evans as my flex. 
depending on who I get lucky with waivers. So right now, I think it's probably Landry at flex, but if he can't play because of the vid, the Roan Roan, then uh, we'll see. So thank you, you for you your know flexibility. How bad it hurts that in our league of record that I spent all my fab on Jeremy McNichols and Antonio Brown and literally got nothing out of either of them. <laughs> God, and I hose and I'm part and of. And you the held podcast. on to it all fucking season. You held on to it all season. Didn't get any waiver help anywhere along the way. You couldn't part with your nickels, and then you, when you do spend it, finally. You blow it on dudes and that don't Antonio do anything. Brown gets suspended for three weeks. Jesus. Yeah. 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 Fair. Um, I, mean, I just see that's like this whole start sit thing. It's so team dependent on who you have. The reports out of Niners camp are that today Mitchell's knee took a significant turn for the better and it looks like he will be able to play. What do they do? Just dive at it to be like, hey, how does it feel? <laughs> <laughs> um, but against the number two defense with a crappy knee. And you, I mean, you mentioned Debo. That's what all that team is, is gimmicky touchdowns. I yeah, it freaking works, though. It, it does. But I really hate, I really hate that matchup this week. I think I'm probably going to sit Mitchell. Yeah. And uh, hope I make it to the chip and get to play him next week. Yeah. Um, um, other, so. other running backs who did something. My, my guy, Duke Johnson, gets resurrected Talk about from the, the dead. most random output of the week is Duke Johnson. <laughs> I thought oh he was God. dead. I thought I love I love so much of Duke Johnson when he's on the Cleveland Browns as a third down running. I just I'm just he like, wasn't. He's a freaking receiver. Back in the day, I Duke Johnson's un, unbelievable, right? Disappears, does the Undertaker sit up week 15 against the Jets, 22 carries, 107, two touchdowns, one catch for 20 yards, 25 points and half PPR. The Mile Gaskin crowd is gone, the Salvin Ahmed crowd is gone. Played and almost 60% of snaps. Are you starting any Dolphin player? No. No, and I'm not starting Duke Johnson. Yeah, I don't think he can. Uh, yeah. Like, that that backfield just got a nuclear bomb dropped on it at New Orleans this week. Who? Yeah, gross. Gross, gross. I am not playing. I don't want any part of that. Yeah. I'm not even going to try to pick him up. Literally unbelievable. Really funny, though, that somebody... Somebody in our league actually picked up Duke Johnson and dropped him this week. Uh, they dropped him on Sunday because they weren't going to play him, which is unbelievable. That's incredible. 22 yeah. times, 22 rushes, over 102 scores, had him, dropped him. Yeah, f- five yards of carry. But yeah, you, you, can't, you can't play him with, with Gaskin. No. Who's wider, who's running back too, uh, even with injuries? Um, you just stay away. I mean, I, you can bid on him if you want, but you're not going to, you, you can't play him from, from one random, random ass running back output to another. Let's talk about Craig Reynolds. Oh my God. Here we are. 
Carried the ball 26 times, 112 yards against the Cardinals for the Lions. Caught his lone target for five yards. Nice volume each of the last two weeks. He didn't score double-digit fantasy points in both games. Obviously, his value depends on if Jamal Williams and DeAndre Swift are available. However, if they both miss again, he's got a tasty matchup against the Falcons. Random ass running back. I mean, you can't uh, be upset with 26 totes in any situation. Now that's a tote bag right there. Double digits. He's alive. I don't think we're expecting uh, Swift to come back. Jamal Williams is out with the vid. Um, so theoretically, he's back. But yeah, only rostered in 7.6% of leagues. Jason, are you bidding on him at all? Or are you trying to justify him starting? Again, good matchup. Um, man, you know, I think... I think that we may have just seen DeAndre, well, not just, but I think we've seen potentially DeAndre Swift's action close for the rest of the season. Why bring back? There's no reason to bring him back. There's There's no reason why you should play again. There's no reason to bring him back. Jamal Williams? (sighs) With the vid? Uh, but season long value of me. I don't, it's at Atlanta at Seattle. None of those scare me. That's right. intriguing. I have no, I have no fab. I have zero fab, uh, especially at Atlanta where there's a controlled environment and you don't have to be worried about the weather. Again, domes is a good thing. Yeah. Love me some dome. So what I would say is I'm probably going to put in a claim for him. But it will not be probably one of my top two or three claims. So if and I get if him, you had the fab, you probably wouldn't spend it on him anyway. Yeah. At, at this point, spend all of your money on your favorite player. It's going to be Ronald Jones. Everything else should be a zero bid. There's only four people active in your league. And if somebody's not in the playoffs and they're still active on the waiver wire, just be like, dude, what the hell are you doing? Get out of here. <laughs> what you doing, Willis? Stop it. Um, what do you think about the Tennessee backfield? Donta Foreman. Um, it's his job. Had another had another double digit week, um, but he had a lot of he had some stuff go to Hilliard. He had some some action go to McNichols. It kind of the whole team got involved there. Foreman wasn't doing much, but kind of came on in the second half of the game. Um the the first series he didn't have a touch, but McNichols and Hilliard both did, which was just like what the hell. Yeah, I watched it and I looked at the split last week and the week before the this week and and, and which is last week. Jesus Christ, Jason. Um, <laughs> but it looks kind of like a goofy three way split that favors Foreman the most, but the other two definitely yeah. still see action, which. I absolutely hate and I want really no part of. Um, if you're desperate, I think Foreman is the one that you want because I think he has the highest value and the goal line. Yeah, and and it sucks because they got down on the one yard line and they did the, the Ryan Tana thrill sneak uh, yeah. at the one, which is 
which is Foreman territory, right? And so him not getting that was a little depressing. But I do think it's encouraging that, uh, you know, Foreman did have two catches for 27 yards on three targets, which is the same amount of targets as McNichols had. Hilliard had six targets and four catches for 10 yards. So they're kind of sprinkling them all in. Um, So you kind of got the bonus with Foreman. Um, San Francisco coming up this week is not a great matchup for any of them. And and that's that's tough. It is at home, though. So, yep, absolutely. How do you feel about Samaje P. Ryan? Uh, Joe Mixon exited the game, had a leg injury. He had a leg. Um, the Bengals did not provide an immediate update on Mixon. So, I mean, do you add P. Ryan just in case? He ended up playing more than 30% of snaps, four carries, 30 yards, caught both targets, 13 yards. Uh, if Mixon misses, I think P. Ryan's at least an RB2. I agree with you. And P. Ryan's had over five points and half PPR each of the last three weeks. He's just sneaky. Like there should be, <laughs> you know, for for like for for Mixon being like the undisputed number one back and having some of the highest volume in the league. Like Samaje Pirine is like a pretty solid backup for when he gets in the game, he gets the ball and does something with it. And he's Definitely only rostered in nine percent of leagues. Uh I would go pick up Pirine on the off chance. You don't know who's gonna get COVID um in that offense home against Baltimore. Um they're they give they run the ball twenty plus times every single week. So he should be at it. Yeah. Yep. Super. I would be super disappointed in any mixing owner that doesn't have him because he should be rostered, man. Mixing gets hurt all the damn time. Yeah. Did you, did you see our boy, uh, Amir Abdullah from, uh, the water boy, uh, caught, caught a receiving touchdown. Did, did that tickle your fancy a little bit? Cause we brought him up a couple weeks ago. I seen it and I liked it cause I pointed it out a few weeks ago now that uh, he was starting to see increased usage. So uh, I think Chuba Chuba Hubbard and him are kind of trash one and trash or trash a and trash B, but I like it. That whole offense. So here's the thing of of the two though. So we got home against Tampa Bay this week. Oof. Um, You can't run. So starting Chuba Hubbard or Chuba or whatever, starting Hubbard, is a tough ask against the Buccaneers. But if you can tell me that Abdullah is going to get six to eight targets in that game because they can't run the ball. I'm, I'm intrigued. Like yeah. he, he led them, he led them in receiving this week. Did Abdullah tied with uh, DJ Moore. And are you as intrigued when you think about the fact that it's Cam Newton throwing the ball? Are you still intrigued? Cam Cam Newton was 18 of 38 uh, in this game. So you're less intrigued then. So by that math, he'd have to have 30 targets to er, to catch 10 of them. To to have one catch. Yes, exactly. Um, (laughs) We uh, are so fucking washed. He's so washed. Yeah, I, I I wouldn't. Yeah, he's he's like constantly bathing in the bath at this point. He just never gets out. He's just constantly washing. Um, you're welcome. <sighs> Dad joke. Sorry. Um, 
I, I would not be surprised to see Abdul have a better game than Hubbard. I would not start Hubbard in this game against the one of the best rushing defenses in the NFL. They're going to be behind early and they're just not going to run the ball. So I, I, I think Hubbard is like a do not start this week. And I, I would rather play Abdullah than I would Hubbard given the matchup, which is crazy to me. Amen, sis. Uh, do you have any other RBs to chit chat about? Now that we've already gone 45 minutes into this pod. Oh, wow. This is going quick. Um, I don't think so. Um, again, if there's anybody of consequence that's available, do a sort, do a sort by running back, do a sort by rostered. See if there's anybody on a good team that's a backup running back and you should add them, get rid of a wide receiver. You're never going to play and just take, just take your chances. There you, go. You, you don't know who's you don't know who's going to be out by Sunday. All right. Uh, I'm going to reverse course here. Get away from skill position players and go to quarterback. Uh, there's What's some up, Tyler Huntley. There's some shitty quarterback stuff going on right now. Um, oh, she quarterback potential quarterback or potential COVID stuff going on. Maybe with Mahomes too. Um, mm. If you're lucky enough to make it to the Sims without a dedicated quarterback and you need a streamer, there's a couple guys I think that you should look for. Uh, one, this is not because I'm a homer, but it um, has to do with recent performance. Last three full games he's played. Uh, he's put up pretty much 17 points or more. Uh, and also, um, two, because he has Seattle in week 16. And that is Justin Fields. Um, the Seahawks are currently allowing just under 300 passing yards per game to quarterback. Um, so they can get got if you will. And, uh, I think fields has the potential to put in a decent little game. Maybe, uh, Mooney gets loose once or twice. And, uh, yeah, I, you know, I think it'll be close regardless. I think they will be in it the whole time. That's kind of their MO. And then, they find ways to look graceful or not graceful, actually, to hilariously fail at converting late in the game when it matters. Um, regardless, I think Jay Fields has a potential to put up some good points, even if it's dumpster points in the fourth quarter. Yeah. So I think he's a decent stream, but you alluded to it already. Tyler Huntley, is he the, is he the new quarterback for the Baltimore Ravens? No, clearly not. But if he's going to play over Lamar, I have a hard time starting anybody over Tyler Huntley. Um, like I would start him over Dak Prescott, who's been awful, although he's finally back at home against Washington this week and has been a colossal disappointment. Um, Huntley looked great. I mean, he looked good against the Bears. He looked fantastic against the Packers. He's going to give you some rushing yardage upside. Like... Kind of reminds me a little bit of uh, um, Jalen Hurts, just from like, he, oh, he's always a threat to run sort of thing, but he can throw a little bit too. But in, in, the three, in the three games that he's played for the Baltimore Ravens, he has 36 or more attempts in every game. He has six or more carries in every game. Like, Animal. I'd start him with confidence. At Cincinnati, they, their defense doesn't really scare me. So, yeah, just 
they clearly trust him. So, I mean, he was a two point conversion away from upsetting the Packers. Like, that was nuts. Um, if you have Jackson and you're still in it somehow, then you need to add Huntley if you haven't. And not only that, I would play Huntley. At this point in time, Huntley is the more fantasy friendly quarterback in my mind. Um, no, I disagree. I, I disagree with that, but that's okay. Um, and I think he's more beneficial to guys like Mark Andrews. Um, for sure, for sure, for Mark Andrews. Yeah, I I'm going up against Mark Andrews in the next round if I make it out of the Sems. Uh, well, at least I'm I'm assuming I will. I'm assuming the the team that has him is going to make the championship round. And I hope to God that Lamar is back by next week because I do not want Tyler Huntley throwing the ball to Mark Andrews. Be careful what you wish for. No, 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 no. Uh, by, the, by the way, it, it was funny because Kelsey, uh, Kelsey came in in the week as the number two tight end um, and, you know, dropped that 36 point week. And Mark Andrews responded with a 30-point week and took back over tight end one status. Um, they are 1-2. Uh, would you like to guess the rest of the list as a fun exercise? Ah, <laughs> uh, Tight ends that have been good this year. I'd probably have a better chance if you looked at average and not total points because a lot of the good guys have been hurt for different stretches. Uh, uh, we can we can do we can do either, but sure. Hawkins Smith. Hawkinson is Hawkinson, uh, sorry. Ten, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Seventh. Right. Seventh in points per game. He's eight overall. Okay. Um Kittle. Yeah. He's tight end three, even missing all the time, and is average the third most points per game. Yeah, Kittle's freaking obscene. He's been on a real tear. He's really good. He's yeah. really good if, if he can stay healthy. Yeah, he is. He's excellent and has been the Jimmy G resurgence. Yeah, I hope for that team's sake that Jimmy G stays and gets a new contract and more time. Yeah. But all of a sudden, Hunter Henry um, is tight end one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight on the year. Because um, he had one big week? Yeah, well, yeah, eight, eight in points per game and, and tight end six on the year uh, because of, of one big week just behind Dawson Knox and Dalton Schultz, who he's three and six points behind, respectively. I guess just, Fairness to him, it isn't one big week. He has one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, nine touchdowns. Yeah. So, somehow, Hunter Henry has nine scores, uh, but he's gone uh, double digits. Uh, this is his fourth time. It was just in a real big way. Yeah. Crazy, honestly. So, yeah, what have we learned about the tight end position? <laughs> it's, it's great if you get a good one. But good luck figuring out who it is. But really, I mean, the top five tight ends that were drafted have come in as the top five tight ends, except for Darren Waller, who we jinxed as being the guaranteed top five uh, tight end who has been hurt. Yeah, we did it again. So congratulations. Go us. 
Um, receivers. I think my priority pickup this week is Amon Rasain Brown. Amon Brown. Yeah. Yeah. Been unbelievable. Um, I mean, he was somebody that I've think I feel like I've been talking about all year. Uh, yeah. I I even went so far as to draft him in the thirteenth round of our fantasy draft way back in August September. I did not hold on to him because there was a long stretch there where he was out and then getting like five targets, whatever. And it was crap. And the lines were crap. But oh my good man, the last three weeks of double digit mm. targets every game. Give it to me. Two scores in the last three games. Mm. Uh, I don't think he has. I don't, I don't want to say a chance. He has a chance. But. He has not gone over 100 yards yet. It's the only thing I will preface my comments with. Um, so I would start him over Amari Cooper. You would? Yeah. Dude, he's got, he's got double-digit targets three straight weeks. He's got eight or more catches in three straight weeks. He's facing at Atlanta. He's, he's in Atlanta. Yes. What I would, I would say. Easily. Over a lot of players that like... That would be in the Amari Cooper range, like Chase Claypool. I'd start him over all those type of guys. What, if any impact, does the fact that Jared Goff is now on the COVID list have? Quite a bit, right? Because, yeah, a day after going 21 of 26 for 216 yards and three scores uh, against the Cardinals, he's placed on the COVID list. Now, he has the potential to return. And they are at Atlanta, but man, you got to think that that could potentially hurt the output here. Yes. <laughs> hey, you lost your starting quarterbacks. Um, hey, I stayed at a Holiday Inn Express last night. Uh, okay, cool. Can you throw me the ball? Sure. <laughs> oh, this sucks, man. Uh, but you know what though like I'll tell you this it's possible that somebody like Nick Mullins who started for the Browns this week where Case Keenum and Baker Mayfield come in or you know like get off the COVID list and they cut Nick Mullins and Nick Mullins just shows up and plays as the starting quarterback for the Lions next week like <laughs> <laughs> like it's entirely possible like they, they just have like a like a rotating quarterback crew that just goes plays for somebody who needs a quarterback. And here's Nick Mullins. Giddy like, up. You, you just don't know. Um, I hope he has a nice finish to the season. I kind of hope it maybe like one of the next three games is a letdown though. Because if he finishes kind of bury him next year. Yeah. I want to bury him for next year. Yeah. I want one of these yeah. to be a, a letdown game. I want Goff and crew to come back. I don't want them to draft another receiver. And then I want to take him in like the seventh, eighth, ninth rounds and know that he's looking at double digit targets pretty much every game because they're probably going to lose a lot of games next year again. Yeah. Same thing with Russell Gage. You just kind of want him to stay buried in that like 50th wide receiver role the rest of the year while getting, you know, seven to 10 targets. And, uh, Who's going to be a nice little target at the end of end of drafts next year? Yeah, assuming really doesn't come back, right? Um. Okay, let's talk about um what could have been. 
And what could have been was Alex moving on to the semifinals of our fantasy league had he not passed on starting Gabriel Davis. Yeah, I I had him and you had Josh Allen and I picked Manny him up. Sanders was out. Yeah, I, I picked him up. Well, Coles Beasley was playing and I, I I picked him up just as like a I couldn't I couldn't start him over Cooper and it and it effed me. Yeah, couldn't, five couldn't catches, get away from him. 85 yards, two scores on seven targets. Um yeah. man, does he have the ability to stretch the field? That's nuts. And uh, he's pretty good at creating some separation, especially in the red zone end zone. So um, if Sanders is out again next week, you got to think that's... You can't start him against New England. I I, I know he has double digits in uh, each of the last three games. He had the touchdown against New England in Baltimore on that windy... Or sorry, in uh, Buffalo on that windy night. Um. So yeah, over double digits the last three games, four or more targets in each of those games. His targets were four, eight, and seven. He's got five catches each of the last two. He's got four touchdowns in his last three games after only having two prior to that. Um, I I get it. Um, Cole Beasley's on the COVID list, and if you're telling me that that Sanders is going to be out again with Beasley not playing, and he's the clear number two, okay. I get it because they're going to shut down Diggs and they're going to shut down Knox and say, all right, Gabriel Davis, try to beat us because that's what Bill Belichick does. What, what are you good at? We're taking away Diggs. We're taking away the tight end and we're going to go one-on-one on the outside with Gabriel Davis. I can see it happening again. It's tough, but using that logic, which is what they do, wouldn't surprise me to see him have another touchdown. Yep. Um, personal advice. Uh, Dawson Knox goes obviously up against New England this week as well. Should I try to make a move at tight end? I don't know it's funny. In my work league, uh, I actually started Dawson Knox in my flex spot because I had Travis Kelsey. Um, so I I started Kelsey and Knox, and I have Evans. Um. And I don't have another wide receiver on my roster. So I have no idea what I'm doing in, in that league. Um, no, I, I think it's hard to not, to not play Knox. Would you rather have Knox at New England or Hunter, or Henry, Hunter Henry versus Buffalo? Yeah, I knew that question was coming, obviously. Um, oh, yeah. By the way, our, our, our show notes are extensive. We literally don't have any. I'm sure you guys have figured that out. Although I've, I have nailed Jason's names a couple times on this. Um, I, would, I would stick with Knox. Uh, the Patriots are number one against tight end in the league. Okay. I mean... I mean, okay. Um, just, I'm just letting you know, my friend. Who's gonna take you home? All right, and, and that's the thing you you have to throw out the first game where they played each other. But he had six targets in that wind blown game. Yeah, I mean, you gotta chase the targets. 
you're banking on a Hunter Henry touchdown. With Knox, you have the potential for multiple catches, more yards sort of thing. Yeah. I, I, I just think there's a higher upside with Knox than Henry. Okay. We are at an hour, so we're going to do some rapid fire receivers to get through some Bring more, it. get some more dudes through us. Wait, what? Uh, Marquez Valdez Scantling saw seven targets <laughs> against the Ravens, tied Devontae Adams for the most on Green Bay. Five catches for 98 yards and a score. He's pretty much been balling out a little bit. Kind of, he's been turning it off and on and off in spurts in the second half of the season. Uh, do you care about MVS? I do. Um, Baltimore lined up two guys on Devontae Adams the entire game. Basically, Rogers like, okay, I'll throw to MVS on their side. MVS tested positive for COVID and um, he's on the COVID list. So monitor that. It's a zero fab play. If he plays, I think it's worth playing him. Um, but As he might Browns. not play this week. Has the Browns who struggle against that deep ball. Um, next up, Devontae Parker tied the Dolphins team lead with eight targets, four catches. He was great. Team high, 68 yards and a score, nearly 17 fantasy points. Waddle missed the game, and there's a chance that Waddle is back next week. Uh, but I guess if Waddle comes back, do you care about Devontae? If Waddle misses, do you care about Devontae? Um, waddle for me, waddle <laughs> for me, waddle for me, waddle. Waddle do the waddle do the waddle do the waddle. Um, get up, uh, yeah, yeah. I don't know because I don't own any dolphin stock, so I don't pay attention to them as much as a lot of people do. Waddle's been fantastic. Parker took over that role. If you're telling me that they're both playing, I think that limits both upsides, right? I mean, just just logically, Tua does the. I think he leads the league in completion percentage. They play ball control via the passing game. Vis a vis, Duke Johnson's their running back now, so you got to be careful about that. I um, I don't know if I care. Like you've not been banking on. All right, let me fill it out. Par- let me fill out the rest. On- you, I need a definitive answer after I fill this out. So, okay. He's had seven targets. Parker has had every, seven targets in every game but one that he has played this season. He's also scored more than 11 fantasy points in four straight and over 16 in three of those. Uh, he plays the Saints on Monday night. No. Okay. Laquan Treadwell saw a team high nine targets, catching six for 57. No. Uh, okay. All right. Fine. Uh, Robbie Anderson. It, Jacksonville just sucks so bad. They're terrible. And being in Jacksonville, LaVisca dropped like four passes that hit him right in the hands. Like, you want to talk about somebody that was over talked about in the preseason? My God. Yeah, what a abysmal call that was by the fantasy community as a collective group. Not Bobby, me. Robbie Anderson. No, it's Cam Newton. Eight targets, three catches, 29 yards, added 33 <laughs> rushing yards as well. No. Consistent volume, 20 targets over the last two games. No. Okay, uh, Gerald Everett. A fine streamer, if if you're hurting a tight end. 
Like if, okay. if, if you were a Hawkinson owner and now that he's out for this season and you're like, my God, what do I do? Started, picked up Tyler Conklin this week going against the crappy Bears defense and did nothing because Kirk Cousins had like 80 passing yards and they all went to Justin Jefferson. Um, I guess he's a fine replacement. Evan Ingram. No. <laughs> five <laughs> targets in four of his last five games faces the Eagles in week 16. Heading into week 15, the Eagles allowed the most catches, yards, touchdowns, and fantasy points to the tight ends. Oh. Is the matchup okay. that good that you care? Do we still not care? It makes it move a little bit for me. What if I tell um, you Mike Glennon is throwing the football? I mean, I think that I think that got me a little bit more excited, to be honest with you. Have you seen his neck? It's really long. <laughs> There's some teams that are just so terrible. Giants are one. You want good yeah, players I, on good teams, folks. Don't draft Saquon next year. I'm, even don't draft Saquon. Yeah, I'm, I'm already looking forward to talking about Saquon Barkley next year. And because, how trash that team hey, is. Are we one upside? He's going. He's going in the like the end of the second, beginning of the third round. What value? It'll just be it'll just be amazing. You think Saquats goes in the second to third round next year? Why should you take him earlier? You don't think <laughs> what, he goes? What at has the he end done in one? the last three years? Oh, blue blue an ACL. I mean, he's been awful. It's been one week since he looked at me. It's it's been three years since he was productive. All right, you don't need to get so mouthy. His rookie year, he had 1,300 yards and 11 rushing touchdowns. A little mouthy. In 2019, he had 1,000 yards and six rushing touchdowns. Last year, 19 yards and no touchdowns. And this year, 430 yards and two touchdowns. He's basically Odell Beckham Jr. as a running back. Oof. Honestly. Oof. Like, Oof. Well, they played for the same team. Yeah, like very similar con- where it comes on, storms on the scene, is good, and then just came, wah, wah. came hot, came early. Hey, join the club. Um, uh, I don't know. Do you have a defensive streamer? Is there a kicker that you like? Heaven forbid. Talk to me. Help me. Well, I did recommend Badgley a couple weeks ago, which Badgley that, has that has that turned out? He did okay. Couldn't tell the, you. I didn't look into it. These yeah, are not Bad, the kickers Badgley you're looking dropped for. Ten, 10 points against the Patriots. Um, so I, I think I'll get back on the Badgley train uh, at Arizona this week again inside. Next week against the Raiders again inside. Uh, he's had seven. Yes, he's had seven or more fancy points every single week that he's kicked for them this year. Um, I I think he's fine. Um, When it comes to defenses, dude, do we have any idea? Like, it is just a crapshoot at this point, right? Like, it is just sneaky, sneaky play. Oh, sneaky. There's a couple. I don't know if the Arizona Cardinals are real. 
Yeah, so you're looking at the Colts because they're just flying around everywhere and get a couple fumbles a game? Because the Colts have put up 13 or more fantasy points from a defense perspective in four out of the past five games. Yeah, and a lot of people drop them. Their defense three on the year roster in 56% of leagues. Yeah, it's at AZ2, um, which is the kind of the thing that gives me a little bit of pause. However, the Cardinals did just lose to the Lions. They did. Like, they put up 12 points against the Lions. They they did. Um, so there's that. Granted, the Lions were at home. Yep. Um, also, the Chiefs defense, who I've mentioned a couple times, they had the Chargers this week and, and didn't do much. But it was the first week that they've given up more than 14 points uh, since week eight. Um, so Not if you're playing the Chiefs D. With the COVID? Pittsburgh? With the COVID? On that offense, mm, with the COVID fair. on that offense, if they're missing dudes and they have drives that go nowhere, I'm not going to play the Chiefs. I picked, I picked up the Chiefs defense so I would have them for this week, and yeah. now feel like they're completely useless and will probably end up dropping the Chiefs D. Yeah, I mean that's that's a great point. So, but I still I still like them. <laughs> They could oh, be overall, great. It's just, it it's just go COVID related. Yeah. The Pittsburgh offense is completely hot trash. Yeah. Uh, the Eagles defense did not have a great night uh, tonight against Washington, but they're facing the Giants uh, at home this week. Um, they have not allowed over 20 points in the last three weeks they've played. Granted, that was against Washington, the Jets, and the Giants. <laughs> but, I mean, they only gave up 13 points to the Giants in week 12. I would expect them to dominate them again. They're not owned in that many leagues. Um, as of this, they're rostered in under 40% of leagues, so maybe maybe that's one. There but you go. Again, just just do a search, find a matchup you like, and just, just go for it and have it not be duplicative of somebody you have on your roster so that you don't feel bad when they score. Absolutely. Um... I'm completely with you, Alex, and uh, I'm also completely with you in using Manscaped to prepare oh, yeah. our Christmas trees for the giving season that is before us this weekend. Um, now, if you guys didn't know, and you're looking for the gift that keeps on giving and giving and giving and giving and giving. This season, please go to manscaped.com and use code SACOS to get 20% off your order. That is code SACOS, S-A-C-K-O-S. Um, and make sure that your tree is uh, plumbed and ready for the chimney this season, if you will. Yeah, if you're looking for a stocking stuffer or if you're looking to stuff your stocking, uh, this would be the uh, the gift to give to somebody. Uh, what else? What I mean? What else? Uh, if you if you want to have a uh, a very well groomed nutcracker, no, probably not. That was probably a bad one. No, that sounds that sounds painful. Honestly, nobody wants to crack their nuts. Um, so it, it's a it's a great gift for for anybody. Um, they've been a great uh, partner with us the last couple of months, as I'm sure you guys have noticed. Um, but yeah, it's a it's they're great products. We could not recommend them enough. 
uh, weed whack for your nose. I got a haircut. Uh, I will not name the place that I went to in Jacksonville. And uh, I actually had to use a Manscaped product or I, I need to because they like there's like seven long hairs above my ear that I need to cut that they just like completely missed. Oh, um, no. So, What's a great clip? So don't. No, it was not. Don't don't be like me and and uh, and keep yourself looking nice uh, in manscaped.com. We'll help you do that. They have everything you possibly need to take care of you. So um, thank you again to them for for helping us out and um, use the promo code SACOS, S-A-C-K-O-S. There is free shipping worldwide. Thanks, guys. Have a good night. I still can't believe I lost you by less than four. That really sucks. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Fantasy Football Sackos podcast. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at the FF Sackos.